Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to have you with us. Uh, just a few days before Christmas here. It seems like this just all got here so fast this year. I don't know. It it was the summer. And then all of a sudden, uh, people were talking about Halloween and then Thanksgiving was here. And now here we are uh, just a few days before Christmas. I haven't decided yet how I'm going to deal with the Christmas and New Year's holidays. It's kind of a tough situation for me because those two days are you know going to fall on the day that we normally produce the show. And that's going to be tough. So there may be replays I may a few days before uh do a show uh, maybe a couple, three days before. I'm not sure yet. I'm still kind of working that out. But uh, in any case, I do a lot of frequent updates over on Facebook. So if you miss the show, <laughs> if we're not putting out new episodes the next couple of weeks, you can always check out my latest new content uh, over on Facebook. I, I do probably four or five videos a week. A lot of it is about uh, personal finance and mortgages and that sort of thing. But uh uh, you know, keep in touch with me over there. I had a great day yesterday, went with some friends up to St. Augustine uh, to the uh, Nutcracker Ballet, which is put on by a fantastic uh, ballet school up there in St. Augustine. And uh, it is the Abella uh, uh, Dance Academy. And it's just fantastic to see young people working so hard to put on such an incredible show. It was truly enjoyable and I uh, had a wonderful day up in St. Augustine, walking around, looking at the lights, eating great food, going to the Nutcracker Ballet. That was just fantastic. Those are the kind of things you want to do this time of year that, that make it special, uh, just uh, taking in those those extra special uh, activities. Well, I thought this was interesting because this is not too far down the road for me. So it's about 40 minutes uh, south of where I live, New Smyrna Beach, Florida, and there is apparently one of the nation's largest um, COVID relief scams um, based out of uh, New Smyrna Beach, Florida, and it involves a church. And this is uh, Josh Edwards and his father, Evan Edwards, who uh, are the leaders of so-called ASLAN, A-S-L-A-N, International Ministry, which is based in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Now, I have never heard of this ministry it is supposedly a Christian ministry, and it says here that they got a boatload of, of COVID um, stimulus money, $8.4 million. And this was part of the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program. Uh, but apparently the allegations are that their application was fraudulent. They listed hundreds of employees they didn't have, supposedly, and uh, ended up pocketing uh, millions of dollars. They're now being held in federal custody facing multiple counts of fraud. Uh, so that is a developing case. 
you wonder, you know, when they the government does anything, it seems to be so incompetent. You remember back, uh, you know, in Katrina, when you heard the stories of them giving out debit cards to people for relief, which was a wonderful idea. You know, we need to get money in people's hands. We don't want a lot of red tape. We don't have you know, we don't want people waiting weeks or months to get checks in the mail or whatever. So let's just go there. We'll load debit cards, give people the debit cards to have money right away. Uh, to pay for new housing, medical costs, um, just the cost of living when they had lost their jobs and New Orleans was a disaster zone. But then you heard the stories, right, of people, <laughs> they go through the line and then come back through the line a second time and get a second debit card or a third debit card. And then you heard the stories of people taking those debit cards out to uh, to buy uh, liquor, to strip clubs, to tattoo parlors. It's almost part of the process, I guess, when the government's giving away money, there's going to be a certain amount of fraud. But you would think there could be some, I don't know, some kind of basic uh, check and balance on this. Because wouldn't the government know, wouldn't the IRS know if you had hundreds of employees or not based on your payroll tax filings? I mean, if you are a business and you are uh, withholding uh money from employees paychecks uh, over the course of a year or or several years, there would be a record of that with the IRS, the so-called 941 uh, tax forms that would be filed. So the idea that somebody could just make up the fact that they have hundreds of employees when they really don't put that on a COVID relief, uh, relief form for the PPP, the payroll protection plan, and then bag uh, millions of dollars uh, by just making up uh, from whole cloth that they have hundreds of employees that they don't. I don't know. It would seem like there would be some kind of catch, uh, you know, system to catch that, you know, check and balance. I don't know. It just seems crazy to me. Um, but we're going to hear more about this because there are apparently a lot of places that really cashed in big on this payroll protection money. And the other thing I'm noticing locally here, speaking of COVID relief money, and I don't know if there's a connection or not, but I'm noticing a lot of restaurants going out of business, which is kind of odd timing because you would think that, okay, we're, we're, we're out of COVID. People are going back to restaurants again. In fact, around here, many times it's hard to even get a seat in a restaurant. Restaurants are so busy. And you just wonder, like, why, why all of a sudden are restaurants going under? And one uh, possibility that someone had shared with me is that a lot of restaurants cashed in big on the relief money and spent the money and now can't pay it back. And the repayment on these loans, you know, some of this was money that was forgiven. Some of it is money that has to be paid back. So the money that has to be paid back, that's going to start in January for a lot of businesses that, that got COVID relief money that, that have to pay it back. So some of it, they got is probably forgiven that payroll protection money was forgiven. But then there were other money, the so-called um, uh, disaster loans. That money has to be paid back. Now, the terms are very uh, favorable. So they're, it's a low interest rate. It's over a bunch of years. It's like 15 years. But maybe the easiest thing for some people is to just go out of business, just close shop and not have to worry about paying that back because those loans, I don't believe most of those loans were personally guaranteed. So that means that you just shut down the business and walk away from 
those liabilities, which could be why we're seeing uh, restaurants closing now all of a sudden uh, because the payments are going to uh, start uh, being required in January. Well, the story continues to unfold about FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange that collapsed uh, two or three weeks ago. Apparently, billions with a B, billions of dollars are missing. And this uh, young guy, I think he's 30 years old, Sam Bankman Freed, is being held in a prison in, in the Bahamas. And he was fighting extradition to the United States, wanted to stay in the Bahamas. <laughs> the problem is that the prison he's being held in is rated something like the fourth or fifth worst prison in terms of conditions in the entire world. Um, this prison is it's horrible. Uh, sometimes I guess there's four or five people in one cell. There are rats. Uh, the conditions are just absolutely deplorable. And he's being held in this prison in the Bahamas. So he's now going to cooperate with extradition. And one of the interesting parts of this is the hundreds of millions of dollars given to Democrats by Sam Bankman Freed. And some people are actually calling uh, Bankman Freed's scam a mon money laundering operation for Democrats because he was giving so many millions of dollars uh, to Democrats. And now all this money's missing. Now, now, normally in a normal Ponzi scheme, OK, mad off that type of thing, people that that had ill gotten gains. So the earlier investors many times face what's called a clawback. That is, they have to give back the profits that they made from the scam, even though they didn't know it was a scam. The fact that they put money in and got ill gotten gains as part of their investment. Uh, they have to give that money back. And the question I have is, will Democrats be forced to give back these millions and millions of dollars that are a product of this Ponzi scheme, this Sam Bankman Freed scheme? Now, we don't even know yet if it is a Ponzi scheme. I mean, it looks like a Ponzi scheme, but we don't actually know what the scam is. We just know that uh, he had horrible record keeping and accounting, and we know that there are Billions with a B, billions of dollars missing. And uh, one figure I'm hearing is uh, eight to 10 billion, but we don't even really know yet. They're saying it's going to be a disaster uh, to even do the forensic accounting on this because the, the, there was not proper record keeping. I just wonder how this could go on because as a company taking in investment money, you would think that there would be some amount of regulatory oversight that that some government entity would have audited this guy uh, being that he's bringing in so much money, but it's starting to smell like uh, a real uh, case of nepotism. This is a guy who's well connected. His parents are former professors at Stanford. He was the number two donor to Joe Biden in the United States. He's given millions and millions to Democrats it looks to me like this guy got away with this, possibly uh, in large part because uh, he was uh, well connected to the left. And we're going to you know, see how this uh, moves forward. It would absolutely kill me if after all this money is missing, he gets some kind of a sweet plea bargain. But uh, that's what people are predicting, that because of his connections, he's going to make a deal and maybe get a very short prison sentence. And uh, man, um a lot of people have lost money. And one of the problems with these kinds of uh, crypto 
exchange collapses is people tend to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. So then what they say is, oh, you see that cryptocurrency is a scam. Bitcoin is a scam because of what Sam Bankman Freed uh, did. It's it's really two separate issues. And that's why I've always said, if you buy cryptocurrency, keep cryptocurrency in a hardware wallet, keep it offline in your own secure wallet. Uh, you don't have to keep your cryptocurrency on an exchange like this. And we've learned our lesson from the various exchanges around the world that have collapsed. It's not smart to keep your cryptocurrency online in an exchange. Now, you do need to use an exchange uh, to purchase cryptocurrency. So there's a lot of different platforms, exchanges where you can buy Bitcoin or Ripple or Ethereum, whatever you want to purchase. But then you can transfer it offline to your own private wallet. And that is the smartest move to make and not leave yourself susceptible to these schemes. And speaking of cryptocurrency, uh, crypto prices are looking really attractive right now. In fact, I was just taking a look at a chart of Bitcoin, which is now below 17,000. And uh, I think once this FTX deal blows over, we're going to see a new round of people coming back into crypto. But uh, as I said on last week's program, my favorite cryptocurrency presently is Ripple XRP. I really I, I have a feeling that uh, to ripple below 40 cents is going to be a great move for a lot of people. And as I said on the last program, there is a, a thought that Ripple could go to $20, which means that you're talking about a 50-fold uh, increase. So if we take a $1,000, and I'm sorry, yeah, if you take $1,000 and you put it into uh, Ripple right now and it's at uh, you know 40 cents, I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars uh, of gain. Um, you could take a thousand bucks, put it into, you know, let's say it just goes to $10, um, a thousand dollars becomes $20,000. I mean, that's a, an opportunity that, uh, a lot of people are looking at. I mean, I, I always say that crypto is a speculative investment, uh, not something to, uh, jump into lightly, not something to put your serious money into, but as a speculation, you know, put a thousand dollars in there, $500 in there. Uh, and you can buy a lot of um, Ripple. Let me check a price here just real quick while we are recording the show here uh, live on a Sunday night. $0.35 cents for Ripple right now. That is uh, tremendous. $0.35 cents to get into Ripple. And so, uh, I mean, let's just let's just pick a number here. Let's say that uh, we take $20 and uh, we divide it by $0.35 cents. Uh, okay, so you get a thousand dollars. Wow, I mean, you could you could turn a thousand dollars into fifty thousand or more dollars uh, at this point. Um, just just incredible, uh, the opportunity to leverage uh, with Ripple XRP, uh, where the price is currently. All right, uh, as we move ahead here, I'm starting to wonder about the state of Ohio. Now, Ohio has always been important politically. And another interesting thing people don't know about Ohio outside of politics is that a lot of restaurant chains will start in Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, in particular, is considered a test market. Many people think that Ohio is a microcosm of the United States. So 
a lot of times uh, you'll hear them say you've got to win Ohio if you're especially a Republican. You've got to win Ohio to be able to win the presidency. Ohio is kind of a bellwether state for the country politically. Uh, it tends to over the years, it has tended to reflect uh, generally the nation at large. And so I thought this was interesting. A bill to ban biological males from girls sports teams fails in the Ohio General Assembly. And I know we've got a lot of listeners and viewers in Ohio. And I just throw out this question. Is Ohio becoming liberal? Is Ohio no longer sort of that, you know, uh, leaning red state? I know we're seeing a lot of changes in the country. A lot of people are are moving uh, from these northern states to the south. Is Ohio becoming uh, kind of a toss-up, kind of a purple state. I don't know. I would be. I was surprised to see this, uh, that Ohio would not be able to pass a bill to ban biological males from girls' sports teams. Uh, but that is uh, news coming just coming in from Ohio. And uh, Adam Schiff, who uh, Rush Limbaugh used to call the pencil-necked Adam Schiff, uh, Adam Schiff says that there is now sufficient evidence to criminally charge former President Trump over efforts to overturn the election. Uh, so this is something that's been rumbling for the past few weeks. Uh, the idea that the so-called January 6th committee is going to make a criminal referral. And in that referral, several people will be named uh, and referred for criminal charges. And one of those is uh, supposedly the president, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump is going to be referred for criminal charges. Now, this would be really uh, incredible historical precedent uh, to charge a former president uh, with a crime like this. But that appears to be what they're ramping up to do. I personally think that a lot of Democrats are convinced that Trump would win again if he ran and they're trying to do everything they can to keep him off the ballot. And that includes if he becomes a convicted felon, uh, that he wouldn't be, be eligible to run for president. And so I think just the specter, though, of that would probably keep him off the ballot if he were criminally charged. And I'm not sure how that would work. I, I guess if you're not actually convicted as a felon, then he still could run for president. Um, but just having it hanging over his head, I guess he could always pardon himself. Uh, but they're using, they're weaponizing the Justice Department, no question about it. And uh, as we see the uh, House of Representatives shift uh, shift from uh, being controlled by the Democrats to being controlled by the Republicans starting in January, uh, this may be the last moment for that January 6th committee uh, to make criminal referrals. So we're looking for something to happen one way or the other with that in the coming days. And Elon Musk has kind of made his stock in trade uh, as he's taken over Twitter on this idea that Twitter is the last bastion of freedom, that if you come to Twitter, that they're going to have some very broad rules. But in general, they're going to let people uh, share their opinions, do what they want to do. And um, there are uh, some things happening right now that are causing people to be concerned both on the left and the right. Uh, about what's happening on Twitter. It's mostly the left, but I can tell you, uh, for example, this past week, several reporters from mainstream 
news networks have been suspended by Twitter. And this is all related to them uh, revealing the location of Elon Musk. There is a way, apparently, of using the uh, the aircraft number of his private aircraft to track his whereabouts. And he's concerned about the security for him and his family. So this is considered doxing, revealing his location. And those reporters that have done this or linked to the site, to sites that are revealing Musk's location, those have been suspended. And that's causing a major uproar. But this one I thought was interesting. Twitter is uh, has announced that they will be banning accounts that promote rival social media. So one of the major rivals to Twitter is a site called Mastodon. So Mastodon is kind of like an, it's an open source platform. And I believe that the uh, Truth Social, Trump's uh, platform, was actually built using the Mastodon framework. Uh, but what they have announced at Twitter is that those accounts that are promoting rival social media are going to be banned. So if you're if you're on Twitter and you're saying, hey, Twitter is terrible, go over to Mastodon. Twitter is terrible, but, uh, so, you know, uh, Truth Social is better or come over here to Facebook. If you're doing that with your Twitter account, it says here that your account may be banned. And I'm wondering how this would apply if you let's say did what's called cross posting. So let's say that I had a, a post that I did on Facebook, but then I wanted to share that post over to my Twitter account. Would that be considered, would that be considered promoting Facebook on Twitter and therefore get me banned? Uh, because there's a lot of that, that it's actually what the social media experts tell you to do, which is to take your content and repurpose it, you know, take your, your, your Facebook and, and li link it over and share it to your Instagram and vice versa. And you can share things from Twitter over to your Facebook and vice versa. So I'm not really sure exactly how that rule is going to be applied, but they're saying that the Twitter will ban accounts that promote rival social media. And then uh, this news in here, I guess just in time for Christmas uh, tonight and also and all through the week, we're going to have some incredible cold temperatures here in Florida. Near freezing temperatures are expected overnight uh, tonight, Sunday night in Florida. This will be uh, the coldest uh, of the season. So so tonight they're talking about it getting into the 30s. And if you've never been in Florida, when it gets down into the 30s, it's actually a little bit funny because people will do crazy things. Uh, and I don't know if this works or not. But people will take bed sheets. They will take bed sheets and go out into their yard and cover their trees with bed sheets. I don't know if this does any good, but apparently uh, the thought is that that will keep your trees a little bit warmer and may save your tree from dying due to the freezing temperatures. One of the things that is unique kind of about where I live, I live about 25 miles north of Daytona Beach. So I'm on the East Coast. And I'm north of Daytona Beach. And so my area tends to get about eight or 10 degrees colder than what it is in Orlando. So so just about, a, you know, hour and 20 minute drive to Orlando, hour and a half drive to Orlando. And it it could be, you know, as much as eight or 10 degrees warmer. So we're kind of on this line where it does get a little bit extra cold here uh, on the coast and north, uh, which is where we are. We're not too far from. In about an hour and a half north, you could get to the uh, Georgia-Florida line. And uh, so, uh, you know, being up in this uh, upper right-hand quadrant of Florida, 
It does get a little bit colder here than a lot of other parts of the state. And uh, we're supposed to have it dipping into the 30s tonight. And mortgages uh, are going through pretty fast right now. So a lot of people know that I'm back in the uh, mortgage industry. Uh, I am working as a loan officer again. And the company that I work with has 187 lenders. And what's really cool about this is I have access to hundreds and hundreds of different loan programs and I'm able to get people approved that are honestly turned down elsewhere because most loan officers don't have access to the programs that I have access to. And I'm currently licensed to work with people directly in Florida, in Georgia, in Tennessee, Illinois, Texas, and California. So if you're in one of those states, I can personally help you with a mortgage. If you're not in one of those states, we can still chat about your mortgage situation, your mortgage challenge, and then I can refer you uh, to someone that is licensed in your state that uh, works for my same company. And mortgage rates have dropped for the fifth consecutive week. So a lot of people are taking a look at, you know, pulling some cash out, paying off debts, buying a house. Maybe I, a, a, a guy I know here uh, is, is using equity to buy more real estate uh, here in town. And one of the cool things about the holidays is appraisers are not as busy surveyors are not as busy mortgage companies are not as slammed as they have been so we're seeing deals going through that would normally take 30 or 40 days going through in 20 days so the 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 time the turn time on a mortgage especially a refinance uh, is very short compared to what it has been in recent months okay that's all we've got for you of course if you want to get in touch with me you can send me a private message on facebook or email me jim at christianmoney.com jim at christianmoney.com so um uh, have a great christmas uh we will be possibly doing some uh, pre-recorded shows for christmas and new years uh haven't made a decision on that either way there will be a best of if we don't uh, do a fresh brand new show for you. We want to wish everybody uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Be safe out there. There's a lot of crazy drivers and stay warm. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. Thanks for joining me. So long, everybody.